Welcome to the Go To Thrive Podcast, the place to inspire people in the workplace and go to thrive. Mary Jane Roy and Vivian Aqua want to make happiness the new norm and offer solutions to create higher engagement in the workplace. We welcome Eric Eklund to this Go To Thrive Podcast. Eric empowers people to lead thriving businesses through authentic leadership and communication. Welcome, Eric. I'm very curious. Who is Eric Eklund? Because you are a consummate storyteller. So tell us your story and where you came from and where you are today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will do that. Thank you so much for the intro. I'm a consummate storyteller. I had to Google that to kind of get an understanding on that word even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, well, let me, let me put it this way. Um, not too long ago, a lot of my life has been about, I didn't feel that I could achieve too much in my life. And then I realized, hey, what is that? Because it, um, a time not too long ago in a land, land way far away, there was this man who was walking up the hill. Nobody knows who this man was or what he was really doing. But they know that that man, he found a child in a small basket. And he brought that basket to a little home and asked for somebody to help take care of the child. Again, nobody even knew what home that was. But a number of months later, they did realize that the city was Medellin and the the country was Colombia. The man is still unknown. The year and date is also quite unknown, but 1985, the beginning of the year it was. And the child, the child is the one you're speaking to right now. That's me. And that's how my story started. And I can say that uh, my life really, where do I come from? Well, as much as I can say, a basket somewhere in Colombia, Medellin, and there was one considerate man who decided to take care of me. And upon that, it was two individuals, a um, woman and a man from Sweden, who decided to adopt a child from Colombia. So that's how I actually made my way all the way from the little place in Medellin into the middle of Sweden. It was snowing and I still remember how mom and dad told me how scared I was from snow the first time. And even today, my biggest fear is actually uh, dolls because Santa Claus was, for me, the scariest thing on the planet. <laughs> okay. I did not have like that man, like that man at all. But uh, the thing was, my mom and dad faced this kind of a challenge with, well, I'm a little colored baby in the middle of Sweden where there are no other colored children or people at that time. And they tried to say, okay, what should we do? What should we do to sort of Eric really fits in? And first, my dad really said this thing, let's call Eric Gunnar. It's a very Swedish name. And my, thankfully, my mom said, no, let's call him Eric. And then they said, wait, I'm Eric, why don't you dance? This should be your first things you do. So when all the other kids are starting to play hockey, football, floorball, handball, I'm in a pink tutu doing pirouettes with all these girls learning how to dance ballet. Wow. So, at that time, <laughs> at that time, well, not only had people a lot of uh, reason to call me different, but now I was also doing something really different. So um, 
yeah, that's how I'm, that's how my story in Sweden starts. And since then, I had this dream of becoming an Air Force pilot in the Swedish army. So as of six or age of 16, I was actually trying to be a pilot. And everybody told me, no, that's too difficult. You will never be able to make that. That's for the top. That's for the elite. But at the age of 16, I made it into the Youth Air Force Academy. And for the next two years, I was actually there. And I was being enrolled into the Air Force program in Sweden for the military service. I passed the tests. I convinced people I could do it. I convinced myself I could do it. But then the Swedish government came in and said, you know what, due to spending cuts, we will be deleting and closing a number of facilities, including yours. So you are relieved of your military service. Wow. Little did they know that this was my dream. This was this boy, childhood boy dream that was just going into pieces. So uh, at that moment, I decided to look back. What was it I liked the most in my life, except for becoming an Air Force pilot? And when I looked back at it, entertainment and dancing, funnily enough, was one of them. So uh, since the age of at 19, I had been dancing on different stages and making it from the small hotel stages on the resort to the cruise ships of Royal Caribbean going out of Miami. But then I had a little pit moment because what should I do right now? I mean, keep dancing or going for a little bit higher heights that I thought of. So I, that's when I decided to go for hospitality and I took my entertainment in to event management. I brought it to Chicago. I went to China. I went back to Germany. And I worked in hospitality management, event management, quality improvement, and all this. But then it came my corporate pit moment when I realized, ah, do I really want to sit on a, in an office when I've been dancing? I've been traveling the world. And no, I didn't. So the reason why I'm here right now and the reason why I am today considering myself one of the best person ever at what I do as in communicating and influencing and bringing others and myself taking charge, taking charge of my mindset, helping others to do the same, to get for what they want, is because for 19 years, I was told I'm nothing special. I would never make it. I should go back where I came from. So for 19 years, I believed that I wasn't good enough, that I didn't matter. And then... Obviously, the next 10 years after that, I kind of led the life where I tried to prove everybody wrong that I did matter and that was good enough. And then I realized, age 29, 30, that, hey, there's just one person you have forgotten in this entire race, Eric. That was myself. Mm. I had never proved to myself that, <laughs> dude, you're pretty cool as you are. You're really great. You've been doing fantastic things to see what you can be doing. All my pit moments in my life has showed me, they had all brought me back to entertainment, engaging people around me. And then I'm trying to do something else and then comes the pit moment and I'm going back. And now, well, I have never given up. I always been a master of finding solutions, solutions not excuses. And uh, I kept making my way around the globe and inspiring to people to believe in me, inspiring myself to believe in me. I kept guiding others to be better at speaking and entertaining since that's what was the business I was in. So right now, yes, I love to be on this path 
of inspiring others and lifting them up at work and outside of work to really live their full potential. If they have a business idea, if they're working in a business, bring it to their full potential. That's my story. What an amazing story. And thank you for sharing your personal story with us. I'm, uh, I'm out of words. <laughs> yeah, I, I too. Um, yeah. yeah, this is a, a, a journey that, yeah, un unexpected. I, I didn't know in the, in the research I've done, Eric, for this interview, I had no idea that this is, this is where you've come from. So, yeah, I also add my thanks to, uh, to having you share this. And, you know, in a way, you've kind of answered the next question I want to ask you, um, at least about what your why is. Um, yeah. But I'm going to ask it in the way of why is the why so important? Because in what I read about you, this comes back to me. And, and, and now hearing what your why is, can you share why it becomes so important? Of course. And it's a pleasure to share my story now because it's quite recent. Just the last three years, I had fully looked at my story and looked at it and started to appreciate it and really starting to talk about it as well because I realized the story is our most important tool, asset, whatever you want to call it. And this is where the why comes in because I realized that through my story, I found my why. And this why of lifting others up is because it comes from within. A why is coming from within. The more you co connected I am to my why or whatever connected you are to your why, the more connected you can be to it. And it is from within, it's not from outside. The more invested we will be in whatever we would like to do. And the more invested we are, the deeperly committed we will be at getting what we want, doing what we do. But that's just the one part of the why. The other part is this thing of, feeling fully happy, fulfilled and, and thriving actually, being a person, the one person that you are, the one that I am. Instead of looking at this society in one way, in the way of living, even from my parents, trying to teach me how to fit in, trying to teach me to be like everybody else. That's, if I look around me, that's what I see. But nobody asks the question, why? Why would you do that? What is it you would like to do? So why is the why so important? Well, to just live, come alive and vibrate. Vibrate on this way that only you can do. And oh my God, the people that you attract, there's the opportunities, the lifestyle, the fulfilling feeling of just being fully alive versus existing and going on some type of around the clock type of mind, uh, lifestyle. So being yourself. I mean, this is really what it comes down to, isn't mm -hmm. it? It's true. The, the authentic, the authentic you. Yes. And, and finding out what is important to you as a person and not what is important to others. Exactly. If, if we find out why, because it sounds like a selfish uh, act in one way, and sure, there's a little selfishness in there because we are focusing on ourselves, but the end result, when I'm finding my true self, this is when, when I'm able to vibrate so much and being able to contribute to others around me. Because other, before that, it's all kind of a surface level style of living where I can't, I could never truly impact positively influence 
other individuals around me so they also could do something similar, whatever why they had of being able to live their why. Before I was, and like, every, like many others, I'm trying to make them do what I would like them to do, but that's not the point of living. No, it's about a connection on a, on a much deeper level. Indeed, very true. That's uh, very good. And how did you come, become so addicted to personal growth? <laughs> well, once um, it originates from my teenage years, since for some reason, when everybody's telling me what I couldn't do, it would be too difficult, I would never make it, I had this feeling, I will do it, I will do it anyway. And at first, I had no idea that actually at the age of a teenager, I was practicing personal growth on a very high level. But then when I started to look into it and say, you know what, what have I been doing my entire life? Okay, I've been focusing on my mindset, being focused, patient, and trying to develop as a person all the time. And the more I develop as a person, I realized how, more, how easier things got of being alive, just living and being around with people, feeling that the feeling of joy and happiness and that way. So why is personal growth so important to me? It's because the more I learned what it truly was and learned how much, you know, of the mind and how our lives we can do, but that we are just, I don't know, we're not even looking at it right now. The more curious I got and, I really wanted to keep going and keep growing because I find stagnating would be the worst thing in my life. It's so very cool. Yeah. The, the, the whole idea, and again, it comes back out, Eric, from what you're sharing, is about that growth mindset, just continually looking, growing, mm. assessing, and it's an ongoing process, isn't it? It's not something that, that begins and ends. There's no, exactly, there's, there is no end to it. And something that I'm also very addicted to, addicted to is in personal growth, this thing of um, mind mastery or life mastery. There's, there's no such thing as an end, but there is such thing as continuously trying to look for progress and excellence by enjoying every moment of living. And this is mm. something I've been missing out so much in my life. And I realized, you know what, that journey I'm on, oh my God, I mean, it can be fantastic if I'm looking at it. You know, you, you wrote an article and it actually kind of fits in with this, I think, but it, it, you wrote an article on LinkedIn mm -hmm. called the walk, on, the walk on the Line. And I found it was a really great metaphor for how to approach new challenges in life. Can you explain the, the essence of this, of what you learned that day when you, you were walking the line? Of course. Um, yeah, so I was slacklining for the first time in my life and I thought that was a, what is this for activity? I've always been very sporty and so forth. And I thought, walking on a line, kind of just a couple of decimeter off the ground, what's the point in that? But once I learned that point, I saw the metaphor and this is thing of, I learned the more I let go, as in the more I um, paid attention, I lived in the present, and the more I let go, as in the more I trusted 
myself, the more I trusted universe, God, everybody around me, but also the more I trusted the person I was with who wanted to help me there, the more I was able to progress, which led me to another discovery. Because first, I was focusing on, I'm going to walk on that line from one tree to another. So I was going to walk it. And I looked up, I stepped up on the line, and I was looking at the other tree because that was my goal. I wanted to reach there. But then I realized, and never, I, I always fell off. I fell off time after time after time until one moment when I just said, I, I took a moment, I breathed out, and I found this calm within me and just focused on one step. And then a second step. Once I fell off, fell off, I just looked at that and said, okay, cool, I made two steps. Let's do three steps next time. And I did three steps. And I was like, yes, I did three steps. Let's do four steps. And it took me like half an hour and I actually made the whole walk. And I saw the point. In my life, let's have a big goal, but let's enjoy that very moment. Let's celebrate the small progress that we can do by focusing on the present, letting go, trusting others. And that feeling of comparing myself to others, wanting to be like, you know, the person who was there, who's done this for years. I didn't think of me. I was just trying to be like her. But as soon as I was thinking of me, letting go, focused, I did that walking on the line in 30 minutes. That's a beautiful example yeah, that you have given, especially, truly is. Yeah. especially now in this age where a lot of people are misguided with social media and they're looking at upon others, uh, comparing themselves instead of looking within, how can I, you know, advance myself? So, yeah. Yeah. And even, even um, Evelina, who was there with me, she said, Eric, calm down, focus. I'm like, I'm focused, I'm calm, don't worry about me. <laughs> but when I, when I went up, like this line was this tool, like who just like taught me, Eric, you are not calm yet. You're not calm enough yet to do this work. You're not focused yet. So it wasn't, I, I fell off and I fell off and I fell off. And then once, and I was thinking to myself, you know, oh, this is so stupid. How could she do this so easily? And just like you said there, I was looking at her, not at me. But once I started to look at me and just said, okay, you know what? One step, do one step, do two steps, do three steps. And then the, it, there was another factor that really played in here. I tried to control the line. And the more I tried to control it, the less progress I made. But if the line slided left and I allowed myself, okay, let's slide left. And when it was sliding right, I slide right. And I'm waving there with my arms like an um, injured bird, but I was moving with the line. I was not trying to control it. That's the same in life. There's so little that we can control, but we can be 100% responsible how, to re how we respond to things. True. Absolutely. And you were one of the initiators of uh, hashtag LinkedIn Local. Can you tell us about this initiative and um, why you feel that it has taken off? Certainly. Again, social media is there. We have thousands of followers and connections, but little do we really know about one another. And uh, you have heard my story now, and I've always been a very people-oriented person. And I'm mm -hmm. curious, and I would love to know and feel that connection with a person and, and trust me there's absolutely no connection i've 
felt with anybody online. Some people make me laugh or some people make me upset, but there's no connection. So I started to ask the same as Anna did, this thing of who are these people in my LinkedIn network? But I was even looking further and said, well, yeah, but you know what? Why don't we just do this on a day? Like, why don't we do this a little bit more? Because I have been going to so many networking events and, you know, I saw 80% were hiding behind their, their business cards or company names or, you know, social media presence or how number, many number of followers they had. But everyone, if after every network events, I heard people coming back to me saying how upset they were. It was the waste of time. There's nothing to do there. They don't feel, they don't feel excited to go to a networking event. They feel they have to prove themselves worthy. And there were a number of people for about a year before LinkedIn Local started that asked Mary, can you do something about it? I, I know you can do it. So the whole LinkedIn Local was actually there. I say, I say launch. I say, you know, we can if we meet in a little more facilitated networking event, meet people and we say this, let's remove the company name right now. Let's remove the business card. We're just giving you those rules kind of. And we, we, we did it for fun. It was a passion project, like, like Anna said. Mm-hmm. But people started to flock. They loved the whole, you know, first of all, LinkedIn has a professional image on itself who put it, who helped. But then also that we removed, we used one rule that removed that thing of, you know what, let's walk in here and I'm not going to pitch. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to market anything. I would like to know who you are, who is attending. And suddenly people just came from all over the world and started to host their own LinkedIn local networking events and meetups. And you could see in today, and I'm seeing it more and more, that today we're becoming so digitally Focus that we're forgetting that offline connection, that, that real human connection, and people still crave for it. So that's, I believe, why LinkedIn Local took off. And then we, uh, we uh, facilitated that launch. And Eric, how, how would one find? I, I, I'm not, I, this is the non techie person of our own <laughs> duo here, um, Viv- Vivian. Fetch oh. <laughs> off to Vivian. Um, but uh, uh, how, do, how would I find if there's something going on in Amsterdam, The Hague, for example? What, what okay. would I need to do? Well, if you, the one, one quick thing is really. Going to LinkedIn is a quick one. Go into LinkedIn and search for the hashtag LinkedIn local. That's, okay. uh, that's uh, how every event is um, collected. But also there's the website, LinkedIn local. So that's there too. You can search for local X or you can search for LinkedIn local on Google. You will find that. So that's okay. another way. And just also another way I see people... Uh, um, putting it on Eventbrite, for instance, but not really using the hashtag or forgetting to add it to the website or anything like this. So really Eventbrite, searching for LinkedIn Local, um, Facebook, LinkedIn Local, LinkedIn, LinkedIn Local, that's the way to find them all. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. And then I have a, a, a question for you, and this is maybe a, a rather deep one, um, mm-hmm. but how do you feel that we can create a world where we thrive, where we feel that we matter, that we're good enough? I believe the answer to that 
deep question is rather simple. It's bringing back the absolute basics of what it is to be human. Mm-hmm. This way of, you know what? We care for one another. We have compassion for one another. We collaborate with one another. Uh-huh. These things that, hey, you need a helping hand? All right, I give you a helping hand. These things such as asking just a waitress for her name or having more compassion for that, you know what? We are, I'm telling you what to do, but I'm not in your shoes, so why should I tell you what to do? If you can just think of those three, like collaboration, care, and compassion, I believe that we can create a world where we thrive and feeling that we matter and are good enough. It's rather that simple. Yeah, actually, that's true. It's it, adding another C to that. It's connecting. No? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why, and that, and that's where I believe this whole thing of um, if we connect humans, as we connecting ourselves as human to one another, we will be able to feel this way. Yeah, thank you for that. You have shared so many insights that that is even getting me thinking about it all. But is there something that you would like to share? One last thought that you would like to share with our audience? Yeah. Um. It's a thought and it's a thing that I would describe through my own story that I'm spending my time now having a youth project. So I'm spending some time each quarter with with universities and with young um, teenagers or people in the early 20s. But I'm also speaking with people that, of course, now, and this thing of instead of comparing one another and, and pointing fingers and trying to be like somebody else, um, trying to gain as many diplomas, certificates, degrees as, as possible, who many just be going through general knowledge, this thing of developing character. Whatever character that might be, as we can have a character within our, we can have a characteristic work environment, right? What's it, what is the character at work your company has? What characters do people want in your company? At the same time as who are you as a character? And once you find and develop that character, it goes a little bit hand in hand with that personal growth. Character can only be developed through the actions that we take and the way we are trying to grow our own. People refer to personal branding, for instance, which is a great connection there too, but have a character. I'm referring to it as in when we go into job interview, you know, yeah, that's great. You're going to have the salary. There's a job descriptions and requirements and all this stuff. But at the same time, both the candidate and the employer are looking for somebody that they're actually going to spend 45 to 50 hours per week with. If you're dating, would you like to date somebody with a character? You would love to build something up or somebody who's sitting back and, you know, hitting the snooze button the entire life. So character would be my tip or advice. I would love to see people focusing more on what's your character today? What could you do to develop a a more fulfilling, stronger character so that you can truly be yourself? And I think one one of the things that's needed for that is to really understand what you value in life. Very true. 
Yeah. Very true. One of my first questions in literally everything I do is, what are your three core values? And I'm, I love playing that one because people are sitting there, like, oh, oh, they are jiggling a little bit. And, uh, and then they're they giving out, some people are giving out really good answers and saying, okay. And then I deliberately go back two hours later, kind of towards the end of whatever it is I had done. And go, okay, so what are your core values again? <laughs> and now they jiggle even more because they realize that shit, um, they are not the same. I don't remember what I said two hours ago. So... That's why it comes into place. Like, let's find our core values in life. A good one. I'm going to use that one, Eric. I'm going to steal that from you. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Thank you, Eric, for sharing valuable insights about authentic leadership and also communication. And to the listeners, if you have any questions and comments about this episode, please share them with us on LinkedIn or via the Anchor podcasting app. Thank you for listening and until next time. Bye. Go to Thrive Podcasts. Empower people to be happy before, during, and after work.